If you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 5, <clears throat> we're going to continue on. In Ephesians chapter 5 together. I want to <clears throat> just recognize a couple of folks that are here this morning. Um, I talk about my dad a lot. I use him as the as the bad example. And so uh, so he's here this morning just to, to give testimony to his his good example of even though being a bad example, he's here. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but anyway, so the guy down here, the good-looking guy with the goatee, uh, that's my dad, so anyways. And my mom's here with him, and the, the, the terrible thing about my mom is she's never done anything wrong, so we can't use her as a, as a bad example. I mean, that's what my dad taught me anyway, so. Amen. <laughs> let's, uh, let's begin with prayer. God, thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for your word that's been uh, passed down for generations. God, I thank you that we can look at it as a reliable source, as the source, as the truth. God, we can um, trust that it's been inspired by you, breathed out by you, that you used um, Paul in this case to, um, to, to write these words down. And God, as we study them this morning, would your Holy Spirit convict us, challenge us, encourage us, so that God, as we, um, as we leave this building this morning, we would leave in obedience to you, because you are worthy of that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We've been working through Ephesians chapter 5 together. We are now on verses uh, 15 through uh, through the end of this section, probably 15 through uh, verse 20. And uh, if you remember, I'm going to give you a little bit of back um, tracking here, but if you remember from the things that we've talked about, what Paul is urging us to do is, if we have been adopted into God's family, if we now have an inheritance because of Jesus Christ, if we have been forgiven of our sins, which we talked about last week, the seriousness of the sickness of sin, if we have been forgiven of those things, then how should we live? How should we, how should we walk? What should our daily journey through life look like? And so Paul begins last week as we, we preached, as we worked through those, we, we talked about that if we have been saved, that we should walk in the light, no longer walk in, in darkness. But we should be people modeling who Christ is, and so because of that, we walk in, we walk in the light. And that when we recognize the sickness of sin, uh, we begin really recognizing the seriousness of our Savior. When we see that sin actually does equal death, then we understand how important our desperation for our Savior really, really is. And we begin living daily, walking in the light, walking in our desperation for Jesus, walking daily, recognizing that Jesus is, that He's it. I mean, 10,000 years from now, I'm banking on the fact that that is true, that Jesus is it, that He is our Savior. And that 10,000 years from now, my hope is that all of Lee County, all of New Mexico, wouldn't that be great, all of Texas, they would all be saved. They would all be worshiping together Jesus, whose name is the only name to be worshipped. I mean, that's really what we're we're trying to, to get across in our worship time together is that Christ is it, and that we are desperately in in need of Him. And as we come to these verses, Paul's talking about what walking in this life looks like. Remember the church in Ephesus is living in a culture similar to ours, living in a culture that doesn't put God first, doesn't put Christ first, puts their feelings first. Satis- uh, wanting to be satisfied in the things of this of this world, and they they look and they long for things of this world. And last week we talked about some of those things, like sexual morality, that we try and fill our feelings with things of the world in hopes that it will bring satisfaction, knowing that it 
Truthfully, it will never bring ultimate satisfaction. And so Paul continues saying, in this pagan, secular, non-Christian world that you're living in, in a world where God is not put as priority, or in a world where God is not first in our lives, how should we how should we live? How should we walk? And in verse 15, he says this, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. He's almost, it's almost like he's saying, Now that you know these things, walk wisely. Don't walk foolishly, but walk wisely. Now that you've been informed, now that your life has been transformed by Christ, and now your life is being filled with the Holy Spirit, walk wisely instead of foolishly. If you're a parent, you know all about this. You train your kids in the way that they should go, and then when they mess up and they come to you and they say, hey, I've messed up, you say, well, I I explained to you the correct direction or the, the way to go. I gave you a guide so that you know what direction to go. So, you know, you, you have no excuse. I gave you the information. I left you saying, now you know how to walk. And you chose to walk foolishly. Or you chose to walk unwisely. We've all had those moments. Because we're all sinners. We've all had those moments where, where we think back and we say, I knew the truth. I knew what direction to go. Why did I choose to go this way. My dad's dad, we call him Pawpaw, uh, he's got a saying, the easiest way to go, or the quickest way to go is the way you know. So when you try and tell him, hey Pawpaw, you ought to go this way, he says, no, 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 I'm not going that way. I'm going the way that I know. And in this case, when Paul says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Paul's referencing, go the way that you know is the correct way. Go the wise way. Go the way that the way is showing you. Go the way that Christ is showing you to go. Walk in that way. Don't No longer walk foolishly. We've said it before, but um, you, I don't know is an excuse that we all use all the time. Well, I, I don't know that or I just didn't know. Well, in this case, Paul's saying, you know. Your life has been transformed by Christ. You've been adopted into God's family. You have an inheritance once you didn't. You know. God's Spirit lives inside of you. You know which way is foolish and which way is wise. I mean, reality comes simply. And I, and I, and I hate to even go back to the 90s, but really, in wise, uh, if we're going uh, to think in simple terms, we just ask ourselves, which way would Jesus go? Or what would Jesus do? And I'm walking. Does this seem foolish? Does this seem like something that Christ would not walk in? Then I avoid that and walk in a different direction in the way that we think Christ would walk. You can't spend 20 minutes on a Sunday morning preaching all those ways. You have to, as a follower of Christ, use every moment of every day to study the way. Start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and study the way. And by the way, I'm talking about Jesus. Study about the way that the way lived on this earth. Study how he walked, how he cared for people, how he loved people. Study that and then you will know the way that the way is leading you to walk. Not as foolish people, 
but as wise people. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. I wish Paul would have just stopped. I wish God would have inspired Paul just to stop and only write verse 15 and not the following that we have labeled as verse 16. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. I wish it would just stop there because we can make that. It makes us feel good. Oh, okay, I'm going to stop living foolishly. I'm going to stop walking foolishly. I'm going to walk wisely. I'm going to read Scripture. And I'm going to figure out how Christ lived. I'm going to figure out the way the way he lived so that I can know the way. I'm going to figure all that out, and I'm going to walk wisely. But then Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, breathed out by God, continues, and he says, making the best use of the time. That's convicting. Okay, can you think back to any time in your life that you've wasted time? You look back at the day and you say, man, I just wasted hours upon hours of doing nothing. And if we're talking about direction and we're talking about pawpaw, the quickest way to go is the way that you know. When you follow someone else's instructions or directions and you think as you're lost in the woods somewhere and you think you're lost in the highway somewhere and you think, why didn't I just go the way that I know? Why did I follow something else? Why did I follow someone else's instructions or directions? Why? I've wasted so much time. I did not make the best use of this time. Making the best use of the time because why? The days are evil. We talked about the sickness of sin last week. And our adversary, First Peter tells us that our adversary, the, the devil, is prowling around like a, like a lion wanting to devour us. Those aren't nice words. Those aren't words you teach your kindergartner. Hey, okay, today as you go to school, guess what? A lion is prowling around school wanting to devour you. Jesus, help my kindergartner not to be devoured today. Have a great day, honey. Yeah, I mean, those are not nice things that we tell our, our children. I want to tell them positive things. Hey, make good choices and do your best today and listen to your teacher. And then as you're walking away, because of Scripture, you know the days are evil. And the evil one is prowling around. And as a New Testament follower of Jesus, as a new covenant follower of Jesus, my prayer is I'm walking away from kindergarten. Lord, the days are evil. And my precious kindergartner that you've entrusted to me is in an evil place. Sin lurks around as Satan is prowling, wanting to devour. God, would you please provide protection? Like, that's the prayer of safety. Lord, keep us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's the prayer of safety. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. You know that Greek word evil we're talking about here? It's talking about how the days are full of labor. Or the days are full of hardships or repressed at every moment of the day or harassed by the labors of the day. Stems back to Genesis. When rebellion entered, sin entered the world and hardships began. began. And the world around us began, uh, became not as it's supposed to be but became terribly difficult. And we've faced that battle still, to today, still today. We ended last week talking about... Um, giving reference to, uh, to some scripture, uh, referencing athletes and soldiers and farmers. You know, soldiers recognizing always 
that he's at battle or she's at battle. They're recognizing that when they're at war, every day is evil. Your head always has to be on a swivel, constantly being aware of what's going on around you. Paul's trying to remind us, as we're walking through this journey of life, as we're walking as obedient followers of Christ, as we're walking as saved by the Savior, our sin has been taken away forever, and we're walking through this process of sanctification, we must be reminded that the days are still evil. How great it would be for you or I to be saved and the whole world be saved along with us and all the sin exit the world and all the evil would exit at the same time and we could walk in a glorious heavenly paradise. But that place has yet to come. We are waiting for our Savior to restore back to the way that it's supposed to be so that we can walk with God, in right relationship with Him because, because of His Son, because of the sacrifice that His Son has made for us. And we can walk in a place that is no longer evil, in a place that's no longer surrounded by, by sin, but instead surrounded by the grace and mercy and love of our Savior. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Here's where Paul begins to say, this is what it looks like to walk. He says, verse 17, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. So we're talking about here, Paul references, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he references a couple of things. He he gives a practical illustration. If we're going to walk wisely, because the days are evil, what should our life be filled with? What, What should our days be filled with? What should be consuming our time on this earth? What should we be filling our lives up with? And he says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. Debauchery is basically, you think about the prodigal son. Uh, the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, where the son wasted his life. He wasted moments in his life where he filled up his life with things of the world instead of being filled up with things of, of God. I mean, wastefulness, debauchery really is just wastefulness due to excessive behavior of something. Where we fill our life up with something that's, that's causing us to think that we're going to find satisfaction in this something that we're filling up our time and our life with. But we know that in the end, it's probably not going to produce anything godly. That's where conviction comes upon me when I'm studying this. Because really the Christian life is about what we're producing. I mean, if if at the stem of our life as a disciple of Christ, our, our call is to be multipliers. Our call is to be producing more disciples. Once you've been saved, you've been called by God to make disciples. It's about multiplication, really, about what we're producing. A disciple who's making disciples, who's making disciples. Maybe you've heard that before. It's about multiplication, about what we're producing. And Paul, in this sense, is saying, when we fill up our time or our life with, for example, wine, and we get drunk on that, it leads to 
wasteful use of our life, wasteful use of our time. I mean, could we not insert there a number of things? Instead of just wine, we could insert a number of things that we fill up our time with. I mean, I had a great argument with a friend of mine one time about fishing and hunting. I mean, I love that. I'm all about the magazines, the TV shows, the time in the woods, the time at the lake. I mean, I'm all about that. But there's a moment, there was a moment in my life where I said, what is my God? What is it that I'm filling up my time with? Because honestly, I I would much rather fill up my time with these things. In fact, I told Mandy and I had a great conversation this week. If I was to retire today, what would I spend my time doing? There are great examples in our world of men who and women who have retired and they continue living the way that they lived. They, they were pastors or teachers and they retired. I'm retiring, but I'm actually going to continue to teach. I'm retired, but I'm actually going to continue to preach. I'm retired, but I'm actually going to continue doing because they loved what they were doing so much. I'm just going to be real honest with you. If I could retire today, I don't know that I would be here next Sunday preaching. I would probably be preaching out of the lake or up in the woods to someone, whoever would listen. <laughs> but that's, a, that's something that I'm dealing with. I mean, that's a, that's a conviction of my own. What is it that I want to fill my life up with? And what is that going to produce in the, in the long run? What is that going to produce for eternity? If I'm filling up in my life with things of this world, obviously what I'm going to produce is things of this world. And if the days are evil and the world is evil and sin is ruling, so to speak, and all those things are from the world, if I fill my life up with things of the world, I can only expect to produce things of the world. I think I said that twice. I can only expect to produce things of the world. But, Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because if we're filling our lives up with the Spirit... We can expect that we would produce things from the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are just the fruits of the Spirit that we name. If we're filling our life up with the Spirit, we can expect that what we would produce is things of the Spirit. Things that are from God. Things that are eternal. And he says this is what it would look like. If you were to be filling your life up with God or filling your life up with the Spirit, here's something that you might produce. It says, uh, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. I mean, you've seen movies or maybe you've had those moments where something so exciting happens. You're like, man, you know, you're like uh, the little penguin on Toy Story. I feel like a song's coming on. Like you're so excited about the moment that's happening. You're so excited about what's being filled within you that you feel a song coming on. You want to address people with song. But it's funny because if we walked around and just singing to one another, as Paul says, address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, if that's how we address one another, would people not think we're drunk? <laughs> you know, if I only sang songs to you all the time, we, we greet one another and we begin singing songs to one another, people are like, these, these folks are crazy. I mean, there's a story in Acts. I, I think these men are drunk. And the men would say, hey, it's only, it's only the morning. We're not drunk yet. You know, I mean, there's just that, that thought of if we addressed people with hymns, or songs, or spiritual songs, 
people might think we're trying. Okay, I've, I've, I'm going to help you out. I want to give you some, for those who love songs, I want to give you some songs to greet one another. All right? Hymns to greet one another. May go something like this. Uh, you see one another out and about, and it's the, it's the first time you're greeting one another, and normally we would say, how you doing? Uh, but instead, we're being filled with the Spirit. So uh, <laughs> I've let Mandy, you're distracting me. Quit smiling at me, okay? Because she knows she's already heard this song, and so now she's going to mess me up. Quit smiling at me. Quit smiling at me. So you're going to address one another. You're going to sing to one another. You might say something like this. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How are you this morning? And then you would respond, I am fine, thank you. How do you like this weather? And then because we're people, right, we would respond like this. It is cold and windy. I am ready for summer. And then I'm the guy that steps in and says, let me correct you in that. It will be hot then, and we will still complain. Or maybe you're having the uh, the conversation at the donut shop like Gerald and I have had before, and you're talking about guns and ammo, and and, uh, and Gerald points out to you that there's a, a great sale. Have you been to Jibos for the clearance sale? Are you wanting to purchase cheap ammo? You know what I'm saying? You know that one. Or the worst is when you the worst is when you go to the dentist, and the dentist happens to be Christian. I don't know if that's possible. But the dentist happens to be a Christian, and he's talking to his, or she's talking to the assistant. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? And it happens to be me in the chair. And this song comes out from the hymn. Crown him with many crowns. His teeth are full of cavities. He needs a root cut now today because of tooth decay. People would think we're crazy. People would think we're drunk. You order your steak. How would you like that done? Medium well, medium well, you want sauce? People would think we're crazy. What Paul, I think, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is trying to get us to think about is this. When we have been saved by a Savior, freely, not of our own doing. And grace fills us through his Holy Spirit. You cannot contain the joy that is within you. And you want to sing psalms, which are praises about God. You want to sing hymns, which are songs about God's redemption. You want to sing spiritual songs, because your life is being filled with the Creator God with his spirit, the everlasting joy that comes with that. Paul is saying, make the best use of your time. The days are evil. Don't fill your life up with things of this world, but instead be filled up with the spirit so that you're producing things that are eternal, so that you're producing things from the spirit and not things from this world. I mean, what we're really talking about is What is it that we're producing? As we're being filled with God through his Holy Spirit, what is being produced from our life? What is it that we're actually producing? I've got some pictures for you. For those of you who are visual, uh, I've 
We've got some trees. Let's identify these trees together. Get your bulletin out, uh, your sermon notes, and some pop quiz here. Uh, you identify these trees. Go ahead, Morgan. Put that first tree up there. What type of tree is this? What type of tree do you think that is? You can write it down. You can say it out loud. It doesn't matter to me, but take your notes here. First tree, what type of tree do you think that is? All right, next tree. The next one, what type of tree do you think this is? What type of tree is that? All right, tell your neighbor, maybe. You can, you can use notes if you need to. Um, third tree here, what, tree, what type of tree is this? Some of you are like, oh, yeah, I know that one. Oh, yeah, 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 I got that one. Next tree. That looks like the first one. All right, you got it. You study it well. Next tree. Okay. It's hard to tell, isn't it? It's real hard to tell. I wonder why it's so difficult to tell. Is there an easier way? Okay, last tree. Is there an easier way to tell what kind of trees these are? What tree is that? You got it written down? Talked it over with your friends here? You got it? There's an easier way to tell the type of tree these trees are. Can you guess the way? By the fruit. By the fruit that it produces. All right, first tree. Let's see its fruit. The first tree, oh, go to the fruit. The first tree was an apple tree. Perfect, Morgan. Were you right or were you wrong? The first tree was an apple tree. I tried to be confusing to you a little bit too. Next tree. The next tree was an orange tree. Do you remember what it looked like? It looked kind of like a shrub. I, I, I picked a different one for you. This next tree, it looked like a banana tree. Some of you are like, oh, it's a pineapple tree. It's a, it's a uh, coconut tree. Next tree. Do you remember what it looked like? It was an apricot tree. The next one, a peach tree. So easy to find it when you see the fruit. And the last one, really difficult. What is that? Pistachios. Like that's not even a fruit, right? Is it a fruit? Oh, it's a fruit. Yeah, okay. It's so much easier to define a tree by what it's producing. When you see its fruits, then you will know what type of tree that it is. When you are filled with things of this world, what type of fruit will you produce? When you are filled with the Spirit, what type of fruits will you produce? John chapter 15, cannot produce fruit if you are not connected to the vine. You cannot expect to produce fruit if you are not connected to the way. God wants us to be obedient to him. He wants us to be filled with him so that we can produce the things that he desires for us to produce. 1 Corinthians chapter First Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 5, says this. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he, he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellows, fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. Paul continues on in verse 10, and he says this, According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one of you take care how he builds upon it. 
For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is in Jesus Christ. Verse 12. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day. We'll disclose We'll disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. I mean, what Paul, inspired by God, is trying to get our minds wrapped around are things that last eternal things, things that will survive a fire, not wood, hay, and stubble, but things that are, are precious, things that will last, things that will survive the fire, eternal things. And so when Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, don't be filled up with these things because it leads to this, but instead be filled with the Spirit because this is what it leads to, eternal things. This is what it produces when our life is filled with the Spirit. So, our response is simple, really. It's not easy, it's simple. Our response is, Lord, let me be connected to the vine so that I produce fruits of the Spirit and not fruits of this world. God, help me simply to live daily walking in this wicked and evil world, wisely connected to you through your Son, so that I produce fruits of the Spirit, fruits that last for eternity. And as I'm walking that way, let my fruits display truly who I am inside and out. They will know you by your actions. They will know you by how you love one another, by what your tree or your life is producing is how you will be known. I'm going to pray for us, but I'm going to explain a little bit about invitation. We're going to sing 10,000 Reasons, the song 10,000 Reasons together. We're going to actually sing the whole song together. That's going to be a little bit awkward uh, for some who is traditional like myself and has grown up in, uh, if nobody's walking the aisle, then we stop the song. But I think in response to who God is and wrapping our minds around 10,000 years from now, what is being produced in our life? So in response to that, Let's sing songs and psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and the, and the word of God. Let's sing that together in response to him. So I'm going to pray. I'll offer an invitation basically that's this. If the Lord is speaking to you this morning, you've never given your life to, to God, saying, I want Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I want to be connected to God through his son, Jesus Christ. I can help you with that. If you need prayer, I can help you with that. Christian, faithful, obedient Christian, worship God through song. Praise Him. Lord, 10,000 years from now, I'll be praising You. 10,000 years from now, what I've produced in this life because of being filled with the Spirit will still be a part of eternity. Let's pray. God, thank You so much for Your Word. I pray that You would help us, God, to be people who are obedient to You, people who recognize how worthy You are to live for You, God, I thank you for Paul. And again, I thank you that we have these inspired words that we can reflect on, we can think through, we can be convicted by, 
God, help us in response to you as we worship you now and all this week as we worship you to be reminded about being filled with things that are from you so that our, our life reflects that, so that our life gives a true testimony by the fruit that's being produced of how incredible you are, God. God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving an opportunity for us to be in right relationship with you. Though sin is so devastating, though sin equals death, God, we still praise you, praise you, praise you because you've conquered death. You've given us hope. God, you've given us songs to sing despite the evil and wicked world that we live in. Despite that we are in a war and a battle, God, we can still stop and sing praises to you because you're worthy of that. God, help us to honor you by the way we respond this morning, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.